It is 2953 of the Third Age. Erebor has been reclaimed. Saron has fled from Mirkwood into Mordor to begin his pursuit for the One Dream. And the last meeting of the White Council has tasked Gildor and Glorian with assembling a fellowship to stop Umbarian pirates from assembling ancient artifacts from a Second Age prophecy. Join the players of this Adventures of Middle-Earth Dungeons and Dragons campaign as they unravel the mysteries of the prophecy. Welcome to Arda in part one of the Inglorian Bastards trilogy, Search for Tor Arasia. All right, so we're all here, I guess, yes? Yeah, all we're right. all here. Awesome, are we ready to go? Yes. <laughs> Most of you have arrived uh, in Bree right around October 16th. Uh, it's Firth uh, for the dwarves. It's winter, uh, winter filth, I guess is what it's called for, for the hobbits. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's a terrible name. Um, so October 16th is when most of you arrive. So so you guys are meeting for the first time sort of late that night, Okay, we'll say. Um, so I guess... Um, I guess maybe what we could do first is just have people volunteer to go first to talk about their character, uh, you know, race, class, what's not called, a, it's a culture, class, um, any background, anything else you want to say, why you're on the adventure, uh, character's name, of course. Anybody want to volunteer to start? Uh, I can go ahead and start. Okay. Um, so my character's name is Angolon. He's a wood elf. Um, he was actually of the Mirkwood elves. Um, he was exiled, though. Um, he is on the quest where when he was younger, he had a... Oh, he's a scholar, by the way. Um, and he had an experience with uh, a, an ancient creature of shadow when he was younger um, and has pretty much spent his entire life kind of consumed with the uh, lore behind the evil forces of Middle-earth. And um, it's kind of a socially awkward character and kind of quirky and um, not, not your typical wood elf, for sure. But um, he's kind of on this quest um, pursuing some knowledge that he he's been after for years and he thought uh elrond and rivendale might be able to help him and it, he's kind of since started a, a a new quest that, that he found out about so and he's got it, a mighty soothing touch too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah soothe the hell out of you it feels nice <laughs> when he touches <laughs> he's got nice hands hands <laughs> Um, so, so you have shadow lore as one of your skills, right? Yeah. So, um, one of the things I don't think I covered terribly detailed in the origin sessions is, um, with adventures of middle earth, which is what we're playing. Um, uh, I didn't cover that before. Um, there are three new skills. One of them replaces arcana, uh, and that skill is called lore. And that has to do with, uh, ancient history, ballads, songs, like, uh, remembering something that you had seen on an ancient map, like that kind of thing and that that basically replaces your arcana um and not everybody has that skill though uh, i know a few of you do shadow lore is is um is more so so where lore is more like past information shadow lore is more like sort of what's going on with the enemy knowing that you know bits and pieces about the enemy uh dark history i guess uh but mostly what's going on at the, in the present with sauron and his forces um and then the other new skill is called tradition um and tradition is is the skill that's used heavily when you're doing an audience when you're when you're if you're going to Erebor and um, you want to meet with King Dane, uh, the king under the mountain, then you would then um, there would be sort of an audience role, um, and um, you can use persuasion uh, for for an audience. Um, but there is that. Does anyone have the tradition skill? Yes, I do. Okay, excellent. Well, it's glad I'm glad somebody does. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Josh, since since you um, yeah you chimed in, do you want to go? 
Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, uh, my character is Riken. Um, he was born uh, a, a woodman, born in uh, uh, twenty nine twenty seven uh, of the Mountain Hall. Um, and the, as a young man, he was born. He was, he was one of two brothers, uh, son of Bjormund. Um, and as a young man, he 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 lost his father, uh, who was taken uh, uh, taken hostage, taken prisoner uh, while on patrol in Mirkwood, and that sort of stained his young life. And he and his brother, um, and from that point on, he and his brother sort of slowly fell into obsession over what had happened to their father, um, because uh, particularly because he wasn't killed. It was known that he wasn't killed. He was taken hostage. Um, so the young boys, um, their mother, uh, Galavara, uh, sort of took up arms instead of their father uh, and took over his duties. Uh, I guess that's sort of pretty common for the for the for the woodman people. And uh, uh, the young the young Riken and his brother were were sort of left to fend for themselves. Um, and th- as this obsession with their father grew, they, they become sort of more and more and more emboldened. And at one point, they, they decided that they were going to go into Mirkwood um, and try to figure out what it was that had happened to their father. They were going to retrace his steps. So <laughs> yeah, they snuck out of uh, uh, out of the mountain hall um, and across the river uh, into Mirkwood. And uh, um, there they spent uh, a long time, uh, two weeks, I think it was, uh, uh, patrolling Mirkwood, trying to, re- trying to retrace their father's footsteps um, from 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 information they had heard from other elders about what had happened to their father while they were in Mirkwood something really crazy happened to them and they never really talked about it with anybody else but um, uh, uh, two weeks later they they returned back to the mountain hall and when they got there that both of them were sort of changed they were they, they didn't really talk to each other anymore and they really became sort of withdrawn from um, from everyone for a time and <clears throat> Riken sort of came out of it uh, it came out of the far end of it and just discovered his duty to his people and and sort of took over the charge of the woodmen, which is essentially just protecting their people um, and, and sort of fighting the, the shadow in Mirkwood. Um, but his brother um, continued his obsession and continued to return to Mirkwood um, in search of their father and was had disappeared for a really long time. Um, and just before we started this quest, had reappeared um, at Riken's home, which was the home that they grew up in, um, and told Riken that he had discovered something and demanded that Riken come with him. But Riken was now duty-bound, sort of serving the chieftain directly um, uh, and decided he wouldn't go with his brother so now he's sort of troubled by that uh and not only did he decide that he wouldn't go with his brother but that next day the chieftain decided that he would go in the other direction across middle earth to go to brie (laughs) (laughs) or pardon me to go to rivendell and then and then and then to brie and that sort of leads us to where we are now uh and i have a dog his name is bear and 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 just because he's worthless mostly worthless right now doesn't mean he will continue to be right (laughs) that's true he was pretty good in the last fight i mean he was a distraction at the most yeah so uh so Riken has a has a cultural trait, I, I guess you could call it, where if if Riken can sit down with him during a fellowship period, he can train Bear to do actions. Is that right? Yes, to do cool stuff. Yeah, um, but <laughs> right now, look at me! Look at me! <laughs> So basically what happened last time is we had some wargs that basically ran right across Bear's face. And I was like, Bear's not going to do nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, so so we had Bear attack them, and he did pretty well. I think we did, we sort of determined that the rule would be that until I get a chance to train him, he will attack, but he will just attack whatever he feels like if we get in trouble. <laughs> right, right. He's a dog, right? He's wild, yeah. kind of. So, yeah. yeah. And he's a cool. very, very large dog. He's he's like uh, like four and a half or five feet tall at, the, at his head. Like, <laughs> did we ever get a picture for him? Yeah, get uh, a picture. picture. Cool. I'll show it to everybody. So he looks like um, looks like a wolfhound. Yeah. That pop up for everybody. Nice. Well, maybe we can have the maybe we can have Tessero ride him at some big point. old Irish wolfhound. Yeah, Tessero yeah. could ride him for sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's a that's a good introduction to Tessero. There you go. Your turn. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, Tessero took. Uh, he was born in the born in the Shire in uh, two thousand nine hundred and eighteen, um, which uh, makes him about how old is he? He's thirty five. He's thirty five right now. Okay. A young chap. Yes. A uh, young one, but uh, optimal for traveling. Uh, he's been, um, so yeah, he, he started uh, getting kind of bored of the Shire um, around when he was 25. And um, when uh, Bilbo, uh, Bilbo returned with all his riches uh, from the mountain, um, he, uh, the desire to adventure uh, started to bloom within him. And um, so one night on his uh, 25th birthday, he uh, he left and uh, he left the Shire to go uh, towards Bree, um, and he was attacked by a pack of wolves. And um, that's when um, when Marco's character uh, came to save him. Uh, so they so they started becoming friends. Um, and uh, Tessero's been going back and forth between the Shire and Bree, uh, kind of living in both. Um, uh, but he's been spending a lot more time in Bree, especially lately, because it's just more interesting and he hears more news about uh, stuff going on in the world. Um, I think that's a pretty good... Like, he's a he's just a different kind of hobbit, right? Like, he, yeah. he's, he's got the took spirit, you know? Like, the, the Bilbo inspired him and he's kind of followed in his footsteps in some ways, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the ho- is that smarter or stupider than Pippin? Um... <laughs> <laughs> he's just as curious but definitely smarter he likes to think that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah other, other hobbits find him to be queer as, as they do yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah so he's been spending a lot more time in Brie and um, it was recently his 35th birthday which is when he was meeting Marco's character and um, yeah Marco was like hey um, I keep forgetting your character's name sorry <laughs> Faradir was like, uh, "Hey, we gotta, um, we gotta I, gotta, I gotta this thing." Yep, which we'll get to, right? So yes, we will. Uh, all right, I guess uh, this is a good time for uh, Faradir. So that was that was Max describing his care his Hobbit character. But I'm just explaining this so that you guys, because they're speaking from the same computer, and this is Marco, uh, his brother, uh, yes. talking <laughs> about talking about his Dunedain. Yeah, so uh, in real life, Max and I look almost exactly the same, and we're the same height, but uh, essentially you subtract two feet from one of us and add it to the other, and that's like the height difference of uh, our characters. Oh, I thought we were talking about real life there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Faradir, son of Calafar, he's a Dunedain ranger, sort of like Aragorn, and actually his family line, um, uh, going as far back as the fall of Arnor, his family... Line was responsible for uh, teaching the royal line to survive in the wilderness. So it was sort of like uh, while the while uh, the king was busy with his uh, duties for his people, um, uh, um, one of my ancestors would teach uh, the next generation um, how to survive in the wild. So. Um, that's a bit of my ancestry. Uh, recently, uh, Aragorn actually just left um, Rivendell to start adventuring. Uh, my character actually wanted to go with him, but uh, Aragorn said that there was he felt like there was uh, things yet for me to be uh, accomplished. We can really tell what it was. So um, I stayed here on a hunch, and uh, around then I, I met um, Max's character, Tessera, uh, and I sort of taught him how to fight, and uh, we became good friends. And I, I, I taught him how to smoke. Oh, yeah, smoke pipe. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we smoke a lot of pipe. We smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. <laughs> um, the two of us. Uh, he's better at it, though. It's the finest weed in the south, far to me. Yeah, pretty much. 
So yeah, um, that pretty much brings it up to about here uh, when I finally figure out why I'm like what my task is and what I'm supposed to be doing now. So great, um, and that leaves the dwarf. Um, all right, my name is Buren. I'm from Erebor, also known as Lonely Mountain. Um, part of the Redbeards. I was raised by a great warrior and very brave adventurer that who will remain unnamed at this time. <laughs> nice. Uh, I wish to you know, have similar accomplishments to my father one day. Um, so my current quest was to meet in Rivendell and assist in the cause of the elves. Uh, this is actually my real first adventure outside of Erebor um, and an extended trip from home. Uh, other than training and being your, being your usual badass, I enjoy quiet evenings in the deepest parts of the mountain, um, <laughs> long walks to Long Lake, and uh, dinner at Molly's Meat Pies. Awesome. Awesome. Everybody likes Molly's Meat Pies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's another right, good, have a good meat pie. So we have um, we have basically one of every race. I mean, um, there are cultural differences and other you know kinds of uh, elves that you can play. But um, we've we've expanded the rules a little bit. I think um, playing playing this far to the west of the wilderland. Um, but but I think I think the story is great. I think your backstories were incredible. Um, and I think it, you know, we're all here for a common purpose and we'll kind of find out what that is now. You guys didn't go too much into how you got roped into this quest. Um, but I, I think some of that will come out. Um, so if you're good, um, I'm, I'm going to try to do less talking in this campaign. I've always kind of um, done too much talking as a DM. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, one of the ways I'm going to get around that uh, this time is to have you do more checks. Or, um, for example, we have a scholar with us. That's Christian's char- elf character. And we have a, a ranger wanderer, um, a Dunedine wanderer, who um, has a lot of what are they called? Known regions. Is that right? Yeah, known lands. Known lands. Um, and so if, if, if there's a particular piece of lore or history or geography um, that sort of fits into somebody's, you know, a knowledge base. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, if you look in your handouts, um, there's a whole section on lore. Um, and I'm just basically going to share a lore card with you and you're going to be able to disseminate that information to the group. Cool, um, cool. If I need to fill in, if I, if I need to fill in, I can, but uh, is everybody ready to go? Dude, yeah. Indeed. Leroy. Right. I keep coughing your ear. My mute button is not working correctly. Oh, no worries, man. No worries. Um, so you guys, um, you guys are late on October 16th. So it's, it's just starting to get colder. You figure the, the mountains, uh, that you guys just traveled through the misty mountains and it was starting to get pretty brisk up there, um, down in sort of the flatlands. It's not too bad. Um, but you arrive late pony. It's, it's actually pretty, um, sparse in terms of attendance. Um, the old man Butterbur is there. Barlaman Butterbur. I recognize him. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. So this, again, for those of you that are watching on Twitch, this, this story, and, and people have alluded to the dates, but this story takes place in the year 2953 after the last meeting of the White Council. Um, and uh, sort of in between the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, closer to the Hobbit, uh, closer to the Battle of the Five Armies than than I'd, I'd say um, Frodo's setting out from the Shire. Um, so you are you are all sort of gathered um, when Tessero and um, Faradir arrive. Um, you see Faradir, you you recognize. Gildor and Glorian, um, and let me share him with you as well. So he's from originally he's from Rivendell, and he looks like this. 
Um, and Gilbert was actually, was actually in the movies. Um, you, you saw him when he was ferrying people when, um, and he's actually, he's in the books too, I believe. Um, they spend more time on it in, in fellowship. Um, but it's, do you remember when Sam and Frodo see the elves passing through the Shire? The forest, uh, yeah. The forest. They, they actually spend the night with him in, in, in the fellowship, but, um, in the movie they just see him and they, it's, they basically describe it as the elves heading to the Great Havens, basically sailing. Uh, setting sail for Middle Earth along the straight road, um, and Gildor, his task is to usher these these elves from Rivendell to the Great Havens. But he has another job as well, which I'm going to get to. Um, so, so as you sit down at the table, um, Gildor um, greets you all, um, and he has kind of a long narrative here, so has lots of good information in it. So, pay attention. He says, uh, thank you for coming. For those who, who don't know me, I am Gildor and Glorian of Rivendell. For centuries, I've been tasked with ushering my elven brethren to the Grey Havens. There, my kin depart from Middle-earth on one of Círdan's fine vessels. They sail along the straight road to the Undying Lands. For those who are not ready to, to depart these lands, I take them to Tower Hills, to, to Elos Tyrion. There, speakers of the Fair Tongue catch a glimpse of a, of a great relic. A palantiri, one of the last known seeing stones. These were gifted to your ancestors, and he points to Faradir. And the Numenorians brought them here to this land after their home had passed under the waves. Only four remain, but seven there were. The stone of Elos Tyrion was, uh, of Elos Tyrion was called the Elendil Stone, named after the first high king of the Dunedain of Arnor and Gondor. Where the others could communicate with each other, this seeing stone could only see unto the west, Amman, called Pol Ersea. This stone is a gateway to the realm of our gods, and it has been stolen. This is why you are here. This fellowship has been assembled at the request of a great council of elves and wizards. You have come from all over Middle-earth, and each of you bring a skill and knowledge set that will enable your quest. You have one goal, to, reco- to recover the Elendil stone and return it to here to me in Bree. At your return, you must make haste. You will leave on the morrow, but for now, you must have questions. Introduce yourself and speak your mind. Ever since, ever since you said there was a number of these things, I was like, I, I think I know what this is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, I guess my... Uh, a little bit of role playing. My character just sort of looks flabbergasted. Um, maybe even a little, a little uh, uh, upset. I guess he's not entirely sure of what the gravity of the thing is, um, and kind of wondering why this is a why we're doing this. So I, 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 I guess I need to know. I guess he would ask why why it's so important that we recover it, um, and why us. Um, before I comment, and I'm happy to comment and, and, and sort of fill in. I have more information to give you. If anyone else, you know, I feel like Faradir, this would be like, you know, uh, or even even Christian's character, the elf, would chime in here. Yeah, I was gonna say Anglin would be like kind of like flabbergasted, like, what do you mean, like, like, <laughs> like how can you not know what a see- what the seeing stones are? He's like, he's like, uh, by the way, um, I'm happy to do this, but um, perchance would I be able to study this stone before we return it to you? Um, nothing permanent, of course. <laughs> uh, I think Gildor probably would have heard of you by now, uh, Christian. Um, he knows that you're an eccentric and, uh, he just kind of chuckles, um, and then he, you know, immediately gets serious again. Um, you know, uh, but he's like, you know, the, your first task is to recover it. Um, you know, in your travels back here to Bree, if, if you'd like to study it, um, you know, feel free. Um, uh, but just, just so you know, generally speaking, um, um, really only the heir of a Lindiel, 
that the king of, of Arnor and Gondor, uh, the high king was really the only one who was able to see, uh, across the, the straight road, uh, generally speaking. So I guess my character would say that this is like one of the greatest heirlooms of my people and um, gives it to the elves when uh, we first uh, landed on Middle-earth when Numenor fell into the sea. Uh, and it's all that we have that connects us with the gods. So um, it's a precious item and it's fallen into bad hands. So you get it back. So you're going to need me to burgle it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Can you guys uh, tell the difference between our voice? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, one person said all those things. <laughs> the professional professional actor, so he will assume an accent starting now. Oh man. Uh. <laughs> hey, me, Tessel took. No. no. <laughs> can, you, oh, can you make him a pirate? <laughs> a pirate. No. All right. All right. Oh, Olaf? Olaf? Olaf. Olaf. No, it was Olaf. Yeah. In the previous campaign, Max had a dwarf with a Russian accent. <laughs> I spoke in third person. Oh, God. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll work, we'll work on it. All right. So, um, so I guess, in, uh, does the does the Hobbit or the dwarf have anything to, to add? Yeah. Tessaran's like, um, he's, he's, starting, he's getting pretty excited. He likes, he likes the idea of um, uh, magical objects. Um, of importance, and uh, he's he's, uh, he's he's bouncing up and down a little bit in his chair. Like a little kid with some, some ADHD. Juran <laughs> so. really doesn't have much to say. Uh, I mean, he, he's here because he was asked to be. There's not a whole lot in it for me. I'm here to assist because right. King Dane requested. Right, because the king under the mountain asked you to. Right, exactly. Um, and you have your own reasons as well. I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's. Secondary plot. Working. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so I, so I guess Gilder at this point would say, um, I don't know if you've heard, um, but the enemy Sauron has has risen in the east in Mordor um, and has declared himself openly. Um, this was done about two years ago. Maybe some of you had heard of it, <clears throat> but even more recently, the kingdom of Umbar to the south has aligned themselves with Sauron. Um, and and what, what has happened over the last few days, and I, I can give you a date here. Um, so on October 4th, the Olandial Stone was, was uh, the Olandial Stone was stolen. Um, so this is going back about 12 days. Uh, so, so all, so all of you have sort of, um, gotten this information, um, um, about 12 days ago. That's, that's give or take a day. Um, and, uh, he, he said what happened was these Umbarian soldiers, these pirates, uh, sailed up the coast, um, and came into, um, right into Linden and basically anchored off the coast, snuck into the Tower Hills, killed a bunch of the guards and made off with, the Elendil Stone. Um, they tried to get back to their ships, but the elves had found the ships at, the, at that time and had, had burned them in, in, in the harbor. So these these uh, pirates had no place to go, um, and they sort of roamed the lands a little bit. Um, and uh, but they know that they headed northeast. And so he, what he's thinking is uh, based on the geography that you know of the area. All the way over to the west, there's a little there's a little bay that leads to um, that leads to a river, and there's a mountain range above and below. Do you all see that? Yep. Um, so those are 
those are the Blue Mountains, um, and the Grey Havens are basically right, right near the like kind of the mouth of the river. Um, I think it's called a mouth. Is that right? That's the mouth of the river. Or is that the delta? I can never remember. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so, so that's where the Grey Havens are. That's where generally the elves leave Middle Earth. Um, that's kind of where the sh- their ships were parked and uh, and burned. So, if you look at the map, um, you're going to see some um, some places that you probably remember from movies or, or the novels, Angmar um, and Mount Gundabad to the east of that, uh, sort of just east and and kind of almost a part of the. Misty Mountains, um, sort of east of Angmar. Um, and so um, that's the direction that these folks headed. And if they have truly aligned themselves with Mordor, he says that either Angmar, which is no longer the realm, the, the Witch King was was ousted from Angmar, uh, but there are still sort of foul forces in Angmar. Um, and, and Mount Gundabad could be... Uh, could be another place um, that they, they that they had gone. So, so uh, um, I'm just gonna. Does Gildor? Do you know? Do you do you have any idea? Any better idea where they might have gone? Do you have any sense of where they might have gone? Or you, you're just thinking it's like these two these two places where they might be? Uh, someone else. Anybody want to? I uh, saw so um, Tessero and I saw um, the markings of uh, Umbar soldiers. Um, um, what was it called? Uh, in the Parabounds, not two days ago. Mm, okay. <clears throat> um, my guess is that they're heading to Angmar. That place holds great evil. Yeah, it's pretty scary. <laughs> it seems. <sighs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't like any of this. I suppose it, it seems a little bit <clears throat> convenient. But what do we think? Can is that we're gonna where we're gonna head out for Angmar? So- would I have uh, a better sense of the direction that they went? Is yeah, I mean, you, you, well, the, the folks that, the, the, the uh, horse prints that you saw headed in the same direction that Gildor suggests, and that's northeast towards, mm. um, not necessarily to the lost, the, the sort of the, the old cities of, of Arnor, but, but more sort of around them, uh, up towards our, up towards sort of Angmar, sort of the Edmores area. So Gildor basically says, um, what I would recommend, um, I've rallied, he says, I've, I've rallied your brethren, Faradir, um, and they, um, that's, you know, and so rangers from all over this, this um, from the area, Eriador, um, have gone north to try to block their escape into Angmar. And so what what I would recommend that you do is head um, head east along the Great Road. And when you when you get to the River Horwell, um, to the Etten Moors, and hopefully you can cut them off. That, that would be my recommendation. But um, he says, obviously, you have you have a ranger with you who would be able to better tell once you get to the Etten Moors. Yep, Etten Moors. So the Etten Moors are you know, a sour taste in Ferdinand's mouth because um, that's where um, two kings ago, I think it's Aragorn's uh, grandfather was killed by uh, was kidnapped by trolls and killed, and uh, my my uh, grandfather died there defending him. So it's also a very dangerous place. <laughs> Does anyone want to share anything from their origin sessions that might be relevant to Gildor to the rest of the group? We found this strange relic uh, in one of the bear bounds. Um, and where did you say you found it? In one of the bear bounds. Uh, Tessero fell into um, the company of some. Uh, what, what were they called again? Yeah, uh, they were. Um, the Blackwall Gang. Yeah, the Blackwall yeah. Gang. Uh, he fell into some trouble with them, and he was helping them recover uh, some treasure from one of the bear downs. They were um, scared and ran away, too. Yeah, they were good. 
So you, you still have the relic, guys. Right. Did you want to, you know, put it down on the table? Yeah, I, I want to put it down on the table, and I want to say, uh, Angolan, Bildor, perhaps one of you two know more about this. So yeah, take, a, take a chance. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, take a chance and read this, or, or take a take a moment and read this. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Um, Angolan would be really interested when he was talking about that. The bear downs, right? Yeah. So um, someone can talk about the bear downs if if they wish. Um, but if you want to let everybody read this, uh, yeah. essentially, it's essentially a diamond with four points um, and on each of the points. And some of them are, are like scrawled, et- etched in this in this plate. Some of, so some of these are like people's notes too, right? <clears throat> yes, yes. So on each of the on each of the points, um, so the question marks are are sort of the notes, um, the things that um, someone had written. Like oh, like like for example, on on the sort of the right hand point, it says that which can see along the straight road. Um, that's sort of etched in there, um, and and more of like a like um, like a permanent bold face, and then the others are kind of you can see like notes written. Uh, the towers, the Palantiri question mark. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, probably not. Probably not Christian. I mean, you've heard of them, but you don't know a huge okay. amount about them. If, if someone were to gotcha. give a history of the Barrow Downs, it would probably be um, uh, Fair Deer. Okay. So I can I can just really quickly say that um, uh, towards the end of uh, the kingdom of Arnor, it was split up into three kingdoms, and um, the evil witch of Agmar sort of one by one turned them against each other until they fell into ruin. Uh, and the Barrow Downs was part of kingdom of... Um, yeah, so he sent the Barrow, the Barrow Whites uh, to infest that area, and uh, basically, uh, um, uh, basically, uh, there was also a famine that rolled through and killed a bunch of people. And now the Barrow Whites uh, occupy all of the tombs there. So um, even even farther back, guys, uh, during the first age and during the second age, um, the people that lived in this era uh, in this area were buried, uh, buried in mounds of earth. Um, barrows um, and, uh, and you know the mounds are kind of it's, it's a combination of grave and hill right barrow downs um, and um, when when the witch king sent the the barrow whites um, these white creatures the, they're not white but they're these these whites are these undead creatures that essentially can assume any any form uh, and a lot of times they'll animate the bones of uh, past kings of Arnor. Um, and in the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, the the hobbits have to be saved by Tom Bombadil from the Barrow right Rites. Mm-hmm. In the movies, they just uh, go to Bree. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, they skip from skip. They skip from in the movie. Yeah, no, they skip from Buckland to Bree. I have uh, such a very vivid image of my head that I, I feel like I saw it in the movies too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I, I guess uh, uh, Riken gets up from the table and sort of walks over and just stares into the fire, uh, sort of pensively. Oh, a brooding character. Yeah. So Gildor, Gildor um, looks a little um, when he sees the name Teradon, He uh, he says, "Interesting. Um, he's a, a an old uh, Numenorean mystic, um, and uh, he had kind of create like a if you think like think Rasputin, right? Like kind of like he's kind of like a." Um, mystic like uh um metallurgist like like he dabbled in all kinds of weird things um and he had these ideas that no one really remembers explicitly but this this plate that you have from his from his barrel kind of sums it up pretty well does anyone, 
Who was that you said? Pterodon. And uh, Marco, Marco, you made a, um, a really good point to, to test or to Max um, about sort of the sort of animosity or the sort of the feeling of the Numenorians who were exiled um, about their elven kin. Um, do you want to? Yeah. Mention? So um, aside from the faithful, which are the uh, essentially the, the uh, from which uh, everyone's land descends from, uh, the majority of the Numenorians over time sort of became dissatisfied with the fact that they were not immortal. Um, they forgot the gifts that or, so basically they were granted this long life uh, compared to other humans uh, for their deeds at the end of the first age, and um, but slowly over time they began to resent the gods and the elves for their immortality, um, and they questioned why they couldn't live forever as well. And so instead of uh, believing in the gods and following their uh, designs, they uh, sort of a lot of them descended into obsession with prolonging their life and uh, trying to reach immortality. Um, to the point where actually a lot of the Numenorians uh, ended up uh, being tricked by Sauron and uh, started worshiping uh, Melkor, the evil god. But um, so it seems like um, Tarragon was one of the Numenorians that was uh, slowly gaining this obsession for immortality and uh, you know wanting to attain that more than anything else. Also, also called Black Numenorians. Yeah. Um, so so um, we'll we'll get going here on the road here pretty soon. But I, so Gildor um, looks at Teradon's name and he looks at these four points and he says the Palantiri may just be the beginning. <clears throat> Um, and so, by the way, if you're entitling this, I think I think our group should be called the Inglorian Bastards, as I as I put in chat. <laughs> well done, thank you, thank you. Though this marks the end of the episode, the road goes ever on. Until next time, join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on Apple Music, Spotify, or really whichever platform you choose. <laughs>